This episode of Doing It For The Kids is supported by Nutmeg. Because finding your way in life isn't getting any easier or cheaper. To gift your children a financial head start, why not consider a junior ISA? And with a Nutmeg Stocks and Shares Junior ISA, you can follow your investments via their easy-to-use mobile app. And there's no hidden fees or charges to catch you out. Take your children on the investment journey with you, and there's a good chance they'll make wiser decisions later. What's more, you can choose one of Nutmeg's socially responsible portfolios for an investment pot you'll be proud to hand over to the next generation. That's going to make everyone feel good. Open a junior ISA today at nutmeg.com. Captain at risk, Joyceables apply. <gasps> wow, you got like... Well, you struck gold there, basically. There is shitloads of dairy milk in Hertfordshire. Is there? Yep. Fucking bastards. Has that got nuts in it? Yeah. It's because it's called fruit and nut. Oh, right. Have <laughs> you still not got any around your way? Well, currently I'm eating... I'm eating a twirl, right? But it's this crazy version where they come as individual sticks. So, you know, like a standard twirl is like a pack of two. I'm aware like of it. Uh... Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's a socially distanced yeah. twirl. <laughs> yeah. And it's really... It's depressing. Because <laughs> rather than going to the cupboard and getting out a twirl and feeling cool about it <laughs> instead i've come out to the cupboard and taken out two twirl sticks so i feel like i'm eating two chocolate bars when i'm not it's a mind fuck i don't like it hello you're listening to the doing it for the kids podcast where we swear a bit too much and talk a bit too fast about freelance life with kids in the mix i'm frankie and this is steve hello yes each week we take a question from the doing it for the kids community do our best to answer it but of course we start each episode by looking back at last week's episode and taking your comments your thoughts on board as well last week's episode was charlene talking about having seven minutes a day rather than six hours to get anything done Thank you so much for your comments. In that episode, I mentioned Rebecca Lismer, who does like, what what did I call it? Microtasking. I don't even know if that's a thing, but like breaking her to-do list down into really small chunks that she can pick up as and when. It was a good phrase. Uh, Oh, thanks. Yeah, so Rebecca commented, having listened to the episode, and she said, the microtask life chose me. And if there isn't a book about microtasking, I think I might just have to write one. I mean, it might take three years and five minute chunks, but you know. (laughs) Currently, homeschooling, running a handmade business and keeping everyone alive means my life is microtasked to the hilt. My main advice is keep it achievable. Big tasks broken down into 5, 10, 15, 20 minute chunks. Have tasks that you can do when the kids are awake. Have tasks that you can do when they're asleep. My mother hustling highlights over on Instagram has a load of my tactics. And I have a homeschool highlight too if you've got small ones. Mine are 4 and 18 months. Just remember that achieving anything is a win. Even if it's just five minutes of crochet or dictating an email to your notes app to type up later. You got this. Oh, what a lovely comment. Thank you. Rachel Coburn got in touch. Rachel's comment, by the way, is linked to your son now being able to open the fridge. Mm-hmm. Independently. I've already learned the hard way that nothing is safe. I got up at 6.40am the other day. All right, you having a lie-in? Crikey! <laughs> <laughs> I got up at 6.40am the other day to find my four-year-old had successfully taken the box of matches from the top of the window blind and laid them out on the floor? How the hell are you, Frankie? We're still in lockdown. 
Or are you thinking of taking up a job on a construction work site <laughs> just so that you can get out of the house? Saying that, though, that is basically what I was going to talk about in that, what have I done this week? A lot of DIY. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah, just been like aggressively painting. And I mean that literally. <laughs> <laughs> have that picture rail. Satisfying, though, isn't it? Oh, my God, mate. We painted the front door. So our front door is in a block of flats. So like nobody actually fucking sees our front door, particularly because we're on the top floor. So like it's only us, one other flat and the postie that sees our front door. Uh, right? No, 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 no. What about what, what about the grumpy Ocado delivery drivers yeah, we've right, heard on and, the podcast? Then, yeah, yeah, fair. Ultimately, it's a waste of time. But our door has looked like complete shit since we moved in five years ago. And this week I painted it and it just feels amazing. And it actually meant you did get to leave the house. Yeah, technically, yeah. Technically, you went over the threshold. (laughs) (laughs) Small wins. You know, my wife always goes for a walk with our son every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But never takes our daughter. So I'm always left with her. Somehow, I don't know why, she managed to persuade her to go on the walk with her. Sweet. So all three of them left the house. And I realised I was alone in the house for the first time Mm. since late March. Mm-hmm. I take the kids out and leave her there, yeah. but I'm never left alone in the house. Can't, yeah. can't be trusted. I'll get the matches down off the top of the thing and start <laughs> laying them out. And, God, it was a beautiful moment. But it was. Yeah, they were going to be gone for their whole hour. Bliss. 15 minutes later, phone call. Yeah, she's saying her feet are hurting. Can you come and pick her up, please? <laughs> what? But for those few moments, it was the realisation that... Like, just being awake, and you know, you have this when you're working at night and the rest of the house Mm. is asleep. Mm. That's quite a nice feeling. Yeah, but it's not the same. And yet, when they all leave the house, oh my God, it feels good. And so I've decided that, like, when people are like, oh, what are you going to do when lockdown is over? I'm just going to sit in the house. No music on, no TV, just listen. Silence. To the silence. Oh. And then, as you say, have that massive dump by yourself. <laughs> this week's question comes from Caroline Boardman. Hello, Caroline. She is an accountant and does some business consultancy. CarolineBoardmanConsulting.co.uk. Uh, she says, how should we chase payments in this climate? When you know times are tough for people, but you need to get paid too, what's the best way to approach credit control? As an accountant, I'm in the position of knowing more than most about my clients' finances, so it's tricky to chase a late payment when I know they really don't have the cash in the bank. Should we just be leaving it at the moment and chase them after lockdown? Should we just be doing what we usually do, or is the best thing to offer payment plans? Help! Ooh, crikey! I know, right? From an accountant as well, which... <laughs> like, if she doesn't know... <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point. Who, who are we to say... Do you know, one of my favourite quotes from a very early episode of the Being Freelance podcast that I was mm-hmm, doing mm-hmm. was a guy called Fraser Davis, and his quote was, nice guys get paid last. Oh, true, but brutal. He wasn't saying that we should be assholes, but what his point was, and it was a good point, <laughs> it's basically the person who shouts the loudest that he's mm-hmm. going to get paid first in a long line of unpaid invoices. And so if you're the person who goes, oh, until next Friday, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Okay, bye. Then you're the nice person who gets paid last. Or if you don't chase them at all, if you just leave it. Yeah. Doesn't mean that we can't be kind Mm -hmm. as well, though. But persistent as fuck. (laughs) If anything, Caroline, I feel sorry for you because 
because like you say you you know more about them than you normally would Mm. I suppose you can't put that genie back in a bottle, though, can you? I was going to say, maybe you need to pretend you don't know that information. What do you think? That feels... In, like, normal times, we would talk... One would talk about the ways that you can separate yourself from your client when it comes to chasing for money, right? Because no one wants to be that person that's hassling you for cash. And I would argue that maybe in the current times, there is even more need for that. There are ways and means of doing that. One is having something like free agent or zero whatever an accounting software that you can send just automated reminders to people so it doesn't come from you it just comes from the machine or you can make up a person janet accounting <laughs> at caroline boardman yeah you make like your mate greg your finance team but greg doesn't exist he's just an email address greg at mm. your those reminder emails you can set those to go out before for the due date as well mm-hmm. right yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah. so it's like yeah. hey don't forget that this is you've coming got up. 14 days or yeah here's a reminder about this invoice that's due that's all it has to say but it hasn't come from you it is an automated thing although the thing is is that when you are more personal about it the guilt trip is heavier yeah but like i think having something like that that just ticks away so it's like 21 days to go 14 days to go seven days to go and particularly at the moment because if these people are anything like me, there is a hell of a lot going on in my life outside of my work, let alone outside of any money that I owe people. So like I usually would pride myself on paying other freelancers as quickly as possible. But like at the moment, I'm not checking my email as much. I'm just not on top of it yeah. as much. Just having that regular check in from a third party potentially, again, is more important than ever at the moment because it means they might just it might be that final reminder that actually gets them to do it. Obviously, this is this doesn't work in far as chasing up invoices which have already gone out. But what mm. if, in general, if if in our terms we had something where we offer discounts? Oh, for if, paying on time. If you or pay, no, if or... you pay early, that might encourage people to actually, as well as a payment plan, or on top of. Are we talking about no. paying the amount due yeah, early, amount and you'll due, get a discount on yeah. it, like a reward? Yeah. Mm. Now you see the payment plan thing is interesting because. Maybe make it sound like it's across the board, but to help your clients during this coronavirus thing, you're offering payment plans. Blah, blah, blah. If you would like to take up, take it up on it and get in touch. Oh, totally. I wouldn't make it specific to them as an individual. Totally generic. Totally like this is going out to everybody in light of what's happening. I'm offering X, Y and Z options. Or pay me today and you'll get a discount of 15%. Ta-da! <laughs> If you want to help them in that way, if you want to be kind, if you can afford to do that as well, then in, to a certain extent, then getting the payment slower is better than not getting it at all. Or but better getting it in a trickle rather than simply waiting for the one lump sum at the end. I don't know, like, legally type things here, but personally, I feel like I would want some kind of in writing, this is the payment plan. Yeah, a contract of sorts, yeah. So it's almost like they are acknowledging that, yes, I owe this amount of money and I am going to pay it over this amount of time. Commit to pay X, yeah. One thing I was going to suggest in general is to use something like Go Cardless. I've heard of it, but I don't, I've never used it. So Go Cardless is a really easy way for people like us to set up direct debits. Okay. So, for example, there's a few people I do this with. I do this with my VA. I use it with my accountant and with a copywriter who I work with for being freelance. One of those is a fixed fee. Mm -hmm. The accountancy, I know what that's going to be anyway. 
But the VA thing, that can fluctuate depending on how much mm. I need her. So the payment can change. And she will send me an invoice for me to save. But it's basically like, you don't need to do anything about this invoice. Payment will be taken on this date. Yeah, and this is how much it will be. I'll be honest, I bloody love it. Because actually, paying people is a bit of an arse. Mm. Having to log in. Mm. and like, Even using some of the cool apps like Starling or whatever, like where it's super quick to pay mm. people it's still something I have to remember to do. Yeah. So I was very happy to set up Go Cardless. Sounds like she should do that generally. It just takes it away. As you say, like half the barrier to paying somebody is the faff of the actual task. If you find there's some kind of friction, and I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to sign up to Go Cardless, but maybe that's where you say, for people who sign up to Go Cardless, I offer a percent discount. Mm -hmm. Because actually it will kill your admin and chasing time anyway mm. so it's probably worth that discount yeah i bloody love it interesting i feel like we should talk about the potential awkwardness and guilt and i guess the feelings and emotions around chasing payments at the moment and particularly when you know like she says like you know what kind of situation they're in that's really that's heavy i would find that really difficult so i guess maybe as well as like in a practical sense, removing yourself from that process. Maybe psychologically you need to be like, we're all businesses. I don't know, like you need to shift yeah. how you think about it slightly. But at the same time, I'm full of rage at the situation and empathy for people who are, who are genuinely being fucked over by what's going on. It's finding a balance between making sure your business doesn't suffer while being sympathetic to people whose businesses are struggling. How do you manage the language around that? And I, I don't know. I, 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 have, no, I have no solutions. <laughs> if you've put any of these things in place, like you have automated stuff to remove yourself, if you've offered any kind of discount, if you've offered any kind of payment plan, you've done your bit to like make life easier for them without compromising your situation... I guess it's about what level you're comfortable to go to to be accommodating without it impacting on your cash flow. Those sort of things work more when you're really dealing person to person rather than with bigger mm. businesses. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It can be an absolute arse getting money out of bigger businesses yeah. more often than single persons. Mm. But in this situation, it, it feels it's harder, isn't it, to distance yourself? The usual advice, like if somebody came in the group and was like, I haven't been paid by this client, blah, blah, blah. The usual advice that people would give is like 30 day terms, et cetera, et cetera. You're legally entitled to charge this amount of interest. You can send them this letter. You can take them to small, like all that stuff. Obviously those escalate over time. But I guess what's different right now is like, you don't want to go hard and fast into any of that kind of stuff. While you're entitled to do all of those things, if somebody hasn't paid you for two months three months again it's like finding a balance between people taking the piss <laughs> people taking the piss and like using this situation to just get away with not paying you basically mm. versus you feeling comfortable with and morally comfortable about how you chase that and how you pursue it yeah without getting walked over the way you communicate and the language that you use and the options that you give people essentially you want to make it easy for them to come to you and tell you if there's a problem because I can imagine it would be very easy if I was in real financial 
issues to just ignore, 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 ignore. Particularly actually with an automated email like you touched on earlier. Every time that email comes in chasing me for it, it would make me more stressed and more anxious. What I'm trying to say is if you if you word those bits of communication in a, again, like a human way, and you give people options, like you're giving them the options rather than them feeling they have to come to you and go, I'm a bit screwed. You've given them an in. What kind of options? So like if you've got a payment plan or a discount, whatever it is, like if you've laid out the things that you're currently offering under COVID-19 scenario, it gives them a means to start a conversation with you about their situation Mm. rather than them feeling ashamed to have to admit that they're in a difficult situation might make it easier for them rather than them like digging a hole and ignoring you when people do pay (laughs) send them an an email saying thanks Mm. i'm sure she does that anyway (laughs) that makes them feel good about it and so when it comes to paying next time hopefully they'll remember Mm. that feeling and want to pay a bit sooner that was a good question. I liked that. Wasn't it? I almost, it feels like a mental workout. <laughs> I'm worried we Ooh. haven't done it enough justice in terms of the like, people are really quite fucked. I hope we have. If you are listening to this and you're going through something similar, or you've been through something similar, then of course, as ever, we would love your comments. It is episode 41. You can search for that in the Facebook group uh, or hashtag DIFTK podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Also, don't forget, we need questions for future episodes. You can leave those via the form at doingitforthekids.net. And, again, just drop Frankie a line. Remember, it can also be an anonymous question if you'd like it to be. Yes, and you all need to go and listen to Being Freelance. And this week it is... Helen Pollock, otherwise known as The Content Doc. Mm. So, yeah, go listen to Being Freelance and come join us as well. We've got the pub quiz at the end of this month. We've got the book club. We're reading Lucy Werner's Hype Yourself. Oh, you are? Good. No. Which you are like, you're like a little, like, quote, I love this book type person. It's a bloody good book. You should all go buy it. (laughs) Is that your direct quote, is it? (laughs) A bit more than that in the quote, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good quote. I remember I saw it and I was like, okay, you're famous. I know her. If we ever get to meet in person ever again, (laughs) I'm going to bring the book and get you to sign your quote. Because, you know... (laughs) (sighs) It's not a very flattering camera angle, is it? Um, I genuinely hadn't noticed. I've been doing a lot of running, though. Does running help one's chin? I guess it does. Not that I'm saying you have a chin issue. That's all in your head, but whatever. I don't think all of the fruit and nut and the cake (laughs) and the biscuits does. (laughs)